0: Hey there, I'm Daphne Chazen, and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good, and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. Have you ever noticed that the same exact workout can feel totally different in your body at different times during the month? meaning sometimes you're super energetic and you finish the workout without a problem, you even have some extra energy to do something else afterwards, and then another week, you're totally depleted. You can barely wait until the workout is over, you keep looking at the clock and you just feel completely depleted afterwards. Well, today we're talking about how your menstrual cycle and the different phases that your body goes through may impact how your body feels and the type of workout that's suitable for that time of the month. And this is something that's not necessarily science and evidence-based because we don't really have research showing what workout is best for what time of the month. And of course, this is super individualized and there are no rules here, but it is something that is based on logic and a lot of common sense when we look at your hormones and how they fluctuate throughout the month. And with women, as opposed to men, We are cyclical creatures. We go through different fluctuations of hormones that go up and down throughout the month. Not everything is the same as it is with men where there's like just a level of testosterone or a level of a certain hormone in the body and it rarely ever changes. The female body doesn't work this way and we want to be aware of that and we want to be in tune with that because it not only can help you feel better throughout the month, but it can also help you get more out of your workouts and help you recover faster. It's really important to understand that the way the hormones impact your body goes well beyond just estrogen going up or progesterone going up. There are ramifications to that that involve your energy levels, your body temperature, your metabolism, the way you sleep, the quality of sleep that you experience, as well as stress levels. All of these things are going to vary with your hormonal shifts throughout the cycle. And of course, all of these factors also impact your muscle strength and the way that your muscles function. And this is where it can be helpful to sync your workouts with your menstrual cycle phases. So this is why different workouts may feel different throughout the month. And the same workout can feel totally different from one week to the next, or even from one day to the next, if you're in that transition between menstrual cycle phases. And I think a side benefit of changing up your workouts in this way is that it forces you quote unquote to have variety in your movement and that can help prevent boredom, but also activate your body in different ways and move your body in ways that you've never considered before, right? So if you're a Peloton person, or a CrossFit person, or a person who just likes light walking outside, this is an opportunity for you to experiment with different types of movement and to embrace that change in trying new things. So I think it's beneficial. I think being open-minded about movement is really important, trying different things. And not repeating the same routine over and over again can be hugely beneficial, not just from a physiological perspective, but also mentally. You don't want to get bored. You don't want to be locked into one type of movement. And again, if you're syncing it with your menstrual cycle phases and all of a sudden you feel great and you understand how your body works and you're recovering more quickly, it's a win-win all around. And because I'm somewhat of a nerd, I was looking for some studies that looked at syncing your workouts with your menstrual cycle phases and seeing if there's any evidence or any outcomes that we can talk about here. And I wasn't surprised to discover that there aren't many. I think the whole field of women's health and menstrual regulation and cycles is not studied well enough or in general at all. What I did find is that for athletes, there are a lot of studies that look at how athletes who are on their periods perform compared to those who are not on their periods. And so a lot of the studies looked at how the menstrual cycle impacts performance in female athletes. And that's, of course, not exactly what we're looking for here today because most of us don't care that much about performance and we're not elite athletes. Okay, so this is all about feeling your best and moving in alignment with your body as opposed to sticking to a regimen that doesn't always fit your hormonal activity. So that's what I want to talk about today. And all of this to say There aren't a ton of studies behind this, but we do know a lot about the menstrual cycle and what's happening with your hormones, and we can draw some conclusions from that. And while this isn't based on science, it is based on common sense and what we know about hormones. So even though there are not a lot of studies showing that X workout is great for day Y of your cycle, that is okay. We're gonna talk about what goes on in your body as far as hormones, what workout may fit in that specific time of the cycle, and my hope is that you go out and try it and see if it works for you. Now, this goes without saying, but I wanna mention it anyway. What I'll share with you today is not hard and fast rules as far as working out with PCOS. There is no one best workout for PCOS, just like there's no one best diet for PCOS. Everyone is different and you really have to tune into your body and see how you feel in order to know if it's the right, best thing for you. And so everything you'll hear about today on this episode is just a suggestion. It's something that makes sense as far as what's happening in your body. But if it doesn't feel good to you or you have no problem doing the same workouts throughout the entire month, you feel no different, then good for you. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't want anyone changing something that's already working for them just because they heard it somewhere, okay? This is not what that's about. Okay, so we're gonna recap some of the cycle phases, and then we're gonna talk about what workout may fit well there. The first half of your cycle is your menstrual and follicular phases. And we're gonna refer to the menstrual phase, which is the time when you're on your period. So usually that's gonna be the first three, five, or maybe even seven days of your cycle. As the early follicular phase. Now, while you're on your period, of course, your energy levels are generally down. Your hormones are pretty low. They're kind of flatlined for the most part. And this is the part of your cycle where you may feel some cramping, you may feel fatigue, some discomfort, and that may prevent you from wanting to move or being able to move. But I am going to say that if you can, if you're absolutely not, you know, hunched over in pain, which isn't normal. And of course, we want to take care of that if it is your situation. But for the most part, if you're just slightly uncomfortable, light walking, stretching and even restorative type movement like light yoga can work really well here because that's going to be helpful in alleviating the cramps, reducing the inflammation that you may be experiencing. It can also help improve blood circulation, prevent some swelling and bloating from getting worse. So you do wanna move your body in very light, gentle ways during this time, as much as tolerated. And it also can be helpful in enhancing your mood. So when you're moving, your body releases these feel-good chemicals called endorphins. And that can have a really nice impact on your mood and energy levels. And so it all builds together. It all fits together where you're moving more, your mood is better. Maybe you're feeling less crampy. Maybe you're feeling less tired because you're activating your body. Your circulation is improving. So everything can work together. And the overall impact is generally going to be positive. It's just a matter of getting up and starting to move when you least feel like it. And that's why I think the easy stuff can work really well here. So walking, stretching, light yoga, pelvic floor workouts, great for the early follicular phase or the menstrual phase while you're on your period. Then when you're done with your period and you're entering the later follicular phase, Estrogen is rising in order to thicken the uterine lining again, and as a result, you're going to feel more alert, you're going to feel more energetic, there's more pep in your step. At this phase, you have better stamina as well, and you also are mentally and physically more resilient. So this is kind of like a prime time, okay? So this is a good time for things like cardio or more boot camp like classes, maybe even CrossFit, if that's something that you enjoy even cycling or running or swimming, your more intense cardio workouts are gonna be pretty well tolerated here for the most part. Now, the level of intensity is gonna differ. So whatever that means for you, that's what you should do. You shouldn't be expected to go to CrossFit and perform and survive it like anyone who's been doing it for five years. I, for example, do not like those types of workouts at all. So to me, when I feel like I want to do something higher energy or go a little bit, you know, more intense than I normally do, I may do a spin class. I would never go to the extent of doing CrossFit because my body doesn't tolerate it. And I also don't enjoy it, by the way. So... The early follicular phase is for light movement. That's the same as your menstrual phase. The later follicular phase is for a little bit higher energy, higher intensity type movement. This is also a great time to do weight training with higher weights and lower reps. So this is where you have bursts of energy where you can lift higher weights. You're probably gonna perform better that way. And in this phase of the cycle, Towards the end of the follicular phase, when you're approaching ovulation, your testosterone is going to go up a little bit. And this is a good time for lean gains. So that means to gain more muscle mass. And so lifting heavier, doing things that involve intervals may be a good idea here, especially as you're approaching ovulation, which is really the peak of your energy throughout the cycle. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the ovulatory stage. This is when you wanna go all out, whatever that means for you. Again, you wanna be sure that you're keeping it reasonable and tolerable for your body. You don't need to kill yourself, but you wanna go a little bit more intense because your body can probably handle that at that stage of your cycle. And this is a really short phase. So usually 24 to 48 hours is where most women will see a benefit from the ovulation. And this is where your estrogen is peaking. Your testosterone is also rising a little bit, like I said, for a short while. And this is a great time to break a sweat and to do things like interval training or another form of workout where bursts of power and energy are needed. So if you've ever done things like Tabata, or boot camps because higher levels of exertion are going to be pretty well tolerated at this stage. And sometimes this positive impact of the ovulation phase on your energy levels is extended for like a day or two before and a day or two after ovulation. And so you may get a good three or four days of higher energy where more intense workouts feel really good. A lot of times I see this narrative online where intense workouts are not suitable for women with PCOS and they should never be done, and that's absolutely not true. If it feels good in your body, if you're recovering appropriately from that, you're not feeling run down or depleted for days and sore, it's okay. It's actually beneficial. So let your body guide you and not some random information piece that you find online that may not be applicable to you. You got to take the information, try it out for yourself and see how your body responds. And if the response is good and positive and you feel stronger, you feel more energetic, mentally clearer. I can't see how that could be wrong. Okay. So after we started off nice and slow, we built up during the later follicular phase, then things kind of, peaked during ovulation. Now it's time to slow down again in the second half of your cycle, which is your luteal phase. This is after ovulation. At this phase, estrogen is fluctuating up and down a little bit, but progesterone is steadily on the rise. This is the phase of your cycle where your body is preparing for a pregnancy, or if that doesn't happen, you get a period. The luteal phase generally lasts for 12 to 14 days. And of course, you need to track your cycle and understand what's happening in order to know what phase you're in. With women with PCOS, you oftentimes don't ovulate on day 14. There's not a 28-day cycle. And so if your cycle is longer, you need to know exactly when ovulation is occurring. It could be day 20, it could be day 30, depending on how long your cycle is. But generally speaking, the ovulation does occur about four 14 days back from the time you got your period. So you can take the first day of your period, go back 14 days, and that's around the time of ovulation. There are way better ways to track ovulation than just estimating based on your period, not to mention many women can get a bleed, especially if the cycle is very long, without actually ovulating. So there's a lot to it. We may get into it in another episode, but the bottom line is that of course, in order to know what phase you're in, you need to track your cycle, you need to track ovulation, and you need to understand the different phases and how your specific cycle is transitioning from the menstrual to the follicular, to the ovulatory, to the luteal phases. So in the luteal phase, you may feel energetic early on after ovulation. Now, those are the first couple of days. So maybe higher intensity movement like spinning or interval training can still fit there. But if you notice your stamina and your endurance dipping, you'll likely feel best engaging in more recovery type movement during this phase of your cycle. And this is also where many women feel symptoms like bloating and moodiness and fatigue and, you know, the PMS type symptoms. And so Here, I would recommend things that will help improve your sleep, things that will help reduce stress, maybe things that strengthen your muscles without exertion. So I think Pilates is great here. Yoga can be great here. You may also want to do some resistance training. In the luteal phase, your insulin resistance is generally higher. So using large muscle groups and doing things like deadlifts or squats where you're using lower weights or maybe no weight at all and you're doing more reps, okay? So just doing a bunch of squats or deadlifts or moving your body in a resistance type way, maybe TRX, if that's something that you like, but you're not lifting any heavy weights or expecting your body to have bouts of energy, That's not the time for that. But the movement of the larger muscles and activating them can really help sensitize your body to insulin. And it can also help, as a result, reduce cravings and help you feel a little less fatigued. So again, light type of movement, walking, a little yoga, maybe some Pilates, maybe a little TRX, something that uses your body weight with resistance and larger muscle group activation like Deadlifts, squats, using your back muscles with low weights, higher reps. That's what I would recommend for the luteal phase. Now, I touched on it a little bit before, but what you do to recover between those workouts and on the days that you're not moving your body is just as important. So, there should be rest days you should give your body time to heal and make sure that you're not stressing your body too much. A lot of times I see women who are not only working out every day, they're also not sleeping well, they're skipping meals, they're very stressed. And the combination of all of these things is absolutely going to disrupt your hormones. And so- Having a plan for the recovery is really important. It's just as important as your workout. And that means good nutrition, not skipping meals, making sure you're getting plenty of protein and carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are extremely important as a source of energy during your workouts. You want to make sure you're getting good quality sleep, seven to nine hours a night. You're taking breaks. You're not exercising on consecutive days. You're making sure that you're managing your stress, whatever that may look like for you. And workouts can actually help you manage stress, especially if you sprinkle in the more restorative type of workouts like yoga or Pilates that can really help reduce stress. And this is another reason why changing things up is important especially if you're someone who thinks that if the workout is not intense, it's not doing anything. And I used to be in this boat where I would have to be drenched in sweat or do a bunch of cardio to feel like it was worth it or meaningful. And that's absolutely not true. And so I want to encourage you, if you've not tried the slower, more restorative type workouts like yoga or Pilates or stretching I want you to try that. And that can be on your off days. Now, some yoga and some Pilates is pretty intense. So you have to choose the right type. But I do want you to see that type of movement as a way to take a break, a way to really treat your body with respect, to let it have the rest that it needs. And to not be dismissive of these types of workouts and think that it's meaningless or not worth it if it doesn't leave you drenched in sweat, believe me, I've been there and I've come out the other end realizing that those workouts are the best thing for my body. And this is something that you can do, sprinkle in throughout the whole cycle as a way to recover or just take a break and get some extra sleep. I have a client who recently stopped working out two days out of the week. She was working out five days, waking up super early in the morning, and now she just sleeps for another hour or two in the morning. She's able to get a breakfast in that is more elaborate because she has more time to prepare it, and she's feeling great. So resting, recovering is really important, and it does deserve your attention. All right, let's recap here. Today's episode is short and sweet. I just wanted to take you through the different phases of your cycle and the workouts that may be appropriate during those times. So let's do a little recap. In the menstrual phase, which is the early part of your cycle, you wanna go slow. This is while you're on your period. So pelvic floor workouts, breathing, stretching, walking. As you move into the later follicular phase, closer to ovulation, you can start building up a little bit. You're going to have more energy. This is a good time for cardio or CrossFit or cycling or running, maybe a little bit of weight training with higher weight because you're more powerful at that point. Then during ovulation, it's time to go all out. This is a short but very impactful period of time, maybe two, three, or four days at the most. And this is a great time to break a sweat and do things that are a little bit more intense, maybe stuff like heat or interval training. This is a great time for that kind of stuff, which uses bursts of power and energy then during the luteal phase, it's time to slow down. Let's get back to yoga, to Pilates, to walking, taking it low and slow. So you may do a little bit more reps if you're doing resistance, but you're using no weight, or maybe you're lifting a five pound dumbbell or something that's really low weight. We don't want to put too much weight on the body at that point, because that requires a burst of energy and strength that you probably don't have during the luteal phase as you get closer to your Period again. I hope you found this interesting and helpful, and I sure hope that you're going to try this out and see for yourself if this is something that you want to keep doing. Of course, you're going to need to track your cycle, understand when you're in which phase. And then you can start changing up your workouts accordingly. I would love to hear your thoughts about this. So you can find me over at Instagram at PCOS_Nutritionist_Daphna. Send me a DM. Let me know your thoughts and feedback about today's episode. And I cannot wait to see you again soon next week. Bye.